0: Good morning again uh, It is good to be back with you all uh, this week uh, Missed the last couple of weeks because my wife and I welcomed uh, baby boy number two uh, uh, James William Hughes, who was named after his great-grandfather William James Yates uh, Who was a Baptist preacher And so we wanted to honor him with that name And it has been a wonderful, blessed time with our family and trying to get as much sleep as we can. And so I'm going to do my best this morning to to keep my focus where it needs to be. And that's uh, his older brother, Samuel, and they are just having the best time, and he's a great big brother. And we are just so thankful to the Lord for his many blessings, but also thankful to all of you, our church family, for praying for us and sending your words of encouragement, and we, are, we have been blessed by you. Um, this week is Thanksgiving. This is one of my favorite holidays, mainly because of all the amazing food that we're probably going to eat. Give me all the turkey, all the gravy. Uh, I might, I don't know, uh, some of you might not like this. Are, is anyone here, someone who puts gravy on everything on their plate? Yes? Yes? you have to do it no matter what is the mashed potatoes the veggies all all the the trimmings just put all the gravy on and then except the cranberry sauce well and eventually you'll be napping about 30 minutes later after that but i love thanksgiving i love gathering with family and friends and just spending that time together um and i know that many of you will gather around the table with family this week um giving thanks and thankfulness is a characteristic to give thanks is a characteristic of a life that belongs to jesus to be a christian actually means to be a thankful one one who is thankful to god and what he has done for us um someone who rejoices in god and has an attitude of thanksgiving not just for the events in life not just for the people and the things that happen but because of the recognition Of the work of Jesus in your life that is why we are thankful and so this week we'll probably be talking about with our family and friends what you're thankful for you'll go around the table maybe if that's a tradition that you have and that's a good thing we should identify the things that we are thankful for we should be able to look back in in this past year in the past weeks and identify the people and the circumstances that we are grateful for and express that gratitude And that is essentially what we are called to do every time we gather together for worship. Every time you come in on a Sunday morning, we come to express our gratitude to God. And we just sang about that because it's important for us to do so. And so this morning, we're going to be looking in Philippians chapter 4, where Paul gives us an exhortation to be thankful or actually to rejoice. And so I want to ask you a question this morning, and it's an important one. What does a thankful life look like? What does a thankful life in Jesus look like? And so we're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 4. And this is something that I like to do. Uh, I want everyone to stand. As we read this passage of Scripture, you're not going to stand through the whole service just this moment because I want us to draw our attention specifically to the passage that God is going to be speaking to us through. And so this is Paul speaking to the church And he says in Philippians uh, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Amen. You may be seated. And so we begin this passage. Paul says to us to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And to rejoice means what? What does that mean to do? To be filled with the joy of the Lord. That you are filled to the full measure of the presence of what Jesus has done for you, his Holy Spirit within you, and you are filled, overflowing, overwhelming to that you express the gratitude to the Lord. Our first observation, though, is the object of our rejoicing or our thankfulness. He doesn't just say rejoice always, always just be happy, always just give thanks. What does he say to do? To rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Is this an easy thing to do? To always be rejoicing, to always have this mindset of being thankful and giving God praise? No, it's not always easy to do. Life is not always easy. Are you someone that it is easy for you to do that, to always be positive and to rejoice and to be thankful or to give thanks? I'll be honest with you, I'm not always in that mindset. But Paul gives us a specific reason to rejoice this morning. It is to rejoice in the Lord and to always give thanks to him. He says that there aren't certain situations where you shouldn't give thanks, but at all times, in all places, no matter who you're with, there is a reason to give thanks to God, to rejoice in who He is and what He has done for us, and that we can always find joy in the Lord, even at the hardest times in our life. And it's always appropriate for us to be thankful for who God is and what He has done. And he then repeats himself. So he's trying to drive a point here. He repeats, and he says, Again I say, rejoice, because it is important. This implies that it is essential to the life of a believer, to someone who follows Jesus, that thanksgiving and rejoicing flows out from our lives because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. It is essential to who we are. We have every reason to worship the Lord this morning. Amen? Because he is faithful because he gives us life, because he sustains us through every moment of every single day as we root ourselves in him. We can always be thankful because our joy is not in our own efforts. Our joy is not in our current circumstance. It is in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins. That is where our joy is found. It is Jesus that saves us, so I will rejoice and give thanks to him. It is him doing the work, not me. When I rejoice in the Lord, it puts my perspective where it needs to be this morning. Where is your perspective? Is it on your current situation or is it on Jesus and his work on the cross? Because when I do that, it enables me to be thankful no matter what. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says this, So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. As we root our lives in Jesus and his work and who he is and put him at the center, what comes is an overflowing of thankfulness because it doesn't, it's not about us. It's about him. Our first point this morning is that a thankful life, what does it look like? Well, number one, a thankful life is not based on on your circumstances. And I know that's not easy because that goes against how we function as humans. We are finite. We get tired, frustrated, overwhelmed by circumstances in life. We have our limits to what we can handle. And it's okay to say that we have our limits. We get discouraged when things don't go the way we expect them. And our earthly bodies very easily experience brokenness. And so this rejoicing that God is calling us to do is a almost a submitting to God's way of doing things when we assume the circumstance should be different than what it is God wants us in that situation to give up control to him to trust in him and our expectation should be on what God wants to do we rejoice not in our circumstance but we rejoice in the Lord what are the obstacles that you are facing this morning That keep you from rejoicing Why do you find it hard to be thankful Right now in your situation Are you finding it hard to be thankful This morning when you came to church That happens Very often where we come in and it's like I don't know what to say to God I'm having a hard time right now I don't know what to be thankful for And there might be a, a person In your life or an unresolved situation that's like God I don't know what to do with this and it's frustrating and we don't always know what to do um, a few years ago it actually when Samuel was born the, f- the few months following his birth were not an easy time for Caitlin and I number one we had a very difficult delivery ended up being in the hospital for over a week because of complications had to have an emergency c-section but the day we came home from the hospital we found that our house was infested with fleas And so we had to get out of there as quickly as possible and go live with Caitlin's parents for eight weeks. So we were out of our home for two months, and we couldn't get all the things that we had gotten for Samuel, all of his newborn stuff, all of the things that we had prepared we couldn't use, and so that was frustrating. But we were thankful that God provided a place for us to live. And then after eight weeks, we finally got the fleas under control, got them out of there, and then... We come back home, get settled in, and two weeks later, I got COVID. And then Caitlin and Sammy had to go back to live with her parents for another month after that. And that was probably one of the hardest experiences of my life because I ended up having to go to the hospital in an ambulance and was very sick, lost 25 pounds in three weeks. And that was a difficult time, and it was hard to be thankful in those moments. And I know it was just one thing after another. And when usually you get hard like that by life, you don't know what to do. God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? And it's hard to find your joy in the Lord. But I can tell you looking back that there are many instances through that time where God was present, where he provided for us, where he sustained us through. And now because of that, I can rejoice in him because I know my God will never leave me, he will never forsake me, and he is always with me no matter what circumstance I am in. We often find ourselves questioning God Rather than rejoicing But I can always look back And know that Jesus sustains us through it all And that's actually what stood out to me About Sherry Logue's testimony As she shared with us uh, Her testimony before she went to be with the Lord A few months later Is that she said Even though these things happen to me God is still good And I can put my hope in that A thankful life is steadfast in all circumstances because you can rejoice in the one who has promised to sustain you through all of life's challenges. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, We are afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. The reason we can rejoice is because it is the Lord who is in us, the life of Jesus in us and his faithfulness towards us that never wavers. If we are living a life of thankfulness, what does that look like to the people around us? Everything God wants to do in you has an impact on the people in your life. Let's continue on to verse Five, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And then he says this. This is very important. Let your gentleness be evident to all. That word gentleness in some version also says reasonableness. The fruit of a thankful, rejoicing life in the Lord is gentleness. And that word gentleness in the Greek, and I'm totally gonna get the pronunciation wrong with this, a was often used, this is what it means, an attitude of kindness where the normal or expected response was retaliation. He's saying, if you are someone who rejoices in the Lord, who is thankful, what should be your response to those around you is gentleness, reasonableness, kindness. A thankful life leads to kindness towards others. Our attitudes towards other people should always be this of gentleness and kindness And it, what that is is more evidence of the Holy Spirit Working you because these are fruits of the Spirit Goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control When people and circumstances disappoint us Or come in conflict with us We can often respond with frustration Or anger Proverbs 15, one says A gentle a soft answer turns away wrath But a harsh word stirs up anger Rather than get angry When the world expects us to Thankfulness is what the Lord Enables us to demonstrate And the kindness and attitude of Jesus I'm a big Seinfeld fan If you didn't know that Um, There's this scene With George Costanza One of the characters If you want to throw up the picture up there Brian Um, George is someone who gets very easily angered and upset like the smallest thing triggers him and what makes him more angry is when other people aren't as angry as he is like you should be mad as I am about this and so in this scene um, he's actually doing some community service and spending time with an elderly gentleman a shut-in and want to just talk with him and the man is 85 years old and so George starts to talk to him about his age, and it's like, you're 85, and 72 is the normal lifespan for a guy, so you're kind of pushing your limits here. And the guy's like, I don't really worry about it. He's like, really? I think about death all the time. Imagine how I'm going to think about it when I'm your age. And the guy just kind of gives him a weird look. He's like, that's all I can think about. And the elderly gentleman says, well, I'm just grateful for every moment that I have. And George starts to get angry with him and says, what are you talking about? How can you be so calm when you're so close to the end? Aren't you, are you sane? Are you senile? Do you not understand that you're so close to the end? And so the elderly gentleman gets up, starts walking away, and George is like, where are you going? And he says, life's too short to waste on you. And so the world... Often expects us to respond a certain way. That a circumstance, a situation, when someone wrongs you, that you should respond with anger and disappointment. But when we live our lives in Jesus, we respond with something that is countercultural that the world does not expect. We can be thankful and not respond with disappointment or anger because we aren't overcome by the uncertainty and difficulty of life's circumstances. We are thankful because our lives are rooted in Jesus. And our thankfulness should have a positive effect on those around us in our relationships. You see, the world is always watching us. The world is always watching and listening, waiting to see what our response is to certain things. And the gospel tells us to respond with selflessness and unity, to bring people together. Titus 3.2 says, Speak no evil... Speak evil of no one. Avoid quarreling. Be gentle and show perfect courtesy to all people. That word gentle is the same word that Paul uses in Philippians 4 to show kindness to others when others expect us to retaliate. No, because we are thankful for who God is and what he has done and we rejoice in him, we will respond to people with the gentleness of Jesus. We go from people that are prideful and protecting what is ours, what is mine, and we become thankful ones walking in the way of Jesus. Colossians 3, Paul goes on to say, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. What kind of impact do you want to make on your circle of community, the people in your lives? Do you want to be someone who becomes easily angered and frustrated or complains about what's going on? Or do you want to be people who seek gentleness and kindness, someone who has an attitude of thankfulness? especially when it is is expected that you might not. I can tell you this, that when people see a different response out of us because we belong to Jesus, it changes their response. It changes their perspective. It calms them down. It keeps them from responding in ways that they would expect because we are seeking gentleness. We are responding the way Jesus responds to us. We actually see this with The Apostle Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 when they are in prison. And Paul and Silas give us a real example of how to rejoice in a difficult and unfair situation. And it has an impact on those around them. This is a a decently linked passage, but I actually want us to read all the way through it. Because I want us to put ourselves in their situation. Because if I were them, I would be frustrated. I would be worried. And I would be thinking, this is unfair. So I want us to really put ourselves and to what is happening here. So we're going to read all the way through from verses 16 to 31. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews, and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown in prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Now just stopping right there. Do you think that was fair? Do you think that they were happy about what was happening to them? Do you think that you would be rejoicing or being thankful in that moment? No, we would be questioning God. Why is this happening to us? We are doing this in your name. And going on, when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. If you were in jail for being persecuted, with your first, response be to be singing and, and praying, maybe praying, but maybe not singing. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Honestly, if that were me in that situation, I'd be like, alright, we're out of here, guys. We're good. God just broke everything open. We're, we're heading out. But something else happened. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped because they would have blamed him for what had happened. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And the jailer and his whole family put their faith in Jesus. And so Paul and Silas had every reason to be angry about their circumstance, right? And to feel what happened to them was unjust and unfair. If they had complained, I would have perfectly understood that. I think we all would, because that's terrible, that's wrong to be treated that way but they didn't respond in the way that the world would expect us to. Paul and Silas were doing what Jesus had called them to and they knew that Jesus was present with them in that circumstance. Paul kind of described his time while he was in prison in Philippians chapter 1 and he says, I want you to know brothers that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Paul rejoiced in the Lord because he knew no matter what his, him, his circumstance was that he was serving the Lord and that he would rejoice in the outcome of what God would do and that people came to Christ through his imprisonment. And so he showed that jailer kindness. They could have left and the jailer would have killed himself, but they stayed. They were gentle. They were kind toward him And because of that, him and his whole family put their faith in Jesus. When we stand firm in what Christ has done for us, our response to the world should be different. The fruit of a life rooted in Christ looks like kindness, gentleness, and thankfulness, no matter what your circumstances. I know that's hard to hear, but trust me, God will use your circumstance to actually show himself Strong and to show his power and his grace. And it should be evident to everyone that we come in contact with in our lives, that our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, our family members, they should be able to say that there is something different about you because of the way we respond, because we respond with kindness. And that's what a thankful heart in Jesus does. We respond with kindness and gentleness. But here's the other question what happens when you just can't what happens when life is just too much when you are beaten down when you are broken and you can't stand up what do you do when you can't be thankful and rejoice so i think we've all been in those moments where we feel like we've hit the end and we don't know what to do well paul gives us a solution when it's hard to be thankful He continues on in the next few verses of chapter 4, and Pastor Jesse touched on these last week. He says, when you cannot be thankful, when life is hard, when you are worried about your circumstance, this is what you do. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding." will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus when we are struggling to rejoice when we are overwhelmed by life circumstances paul tells us go to god in prayer and what he's talking about here is not this one and done prayer just to give us peace of mind what he is telling us is go to god and stay there stay in his presence stay in into where you know you are going to find a peace that is beyond all understanding, and he promises that he will guard your hearts and mind in in Christ Jesus. He tells us to go to the one who gives us peace and to stay there. He tells us that when we can't go any further, to cling to the one who gives us life and to rejoice in the one who's actually rejoicing over you. Did you know that, that God rejoices over you? That he is thankful for you and so our final thing that Paul is telling us is that a thankful life clings to Jesus a thankful life clings to Jesus a person who is thankful holds on to the reason that they are thankful and the same goes for the person who struggles to rejoice you go to the one who has promised to guard your hearts and mind with a peace that you cannot understand that only Jesus can give us He says, bring your worry to the Lord. Bring your frustration to the Lord. Bring your doubts to the Lord. And he will give you a place of shelter and protection. Psalm 91 says this, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust that is a promise that we have that when we go to jesus we can rest in him we do not have to hold on to that worry to these burdens to the frustration of life we can put our trust in him because jesus is the object of our faith we rejoice because we can find our refuge in him and what we do is we cling to jesus by daily living in his presence we do this through prayer through fellowship with Him, by allowing His Word to speak to us into our lives, and by choosing to trust in Him rather than trusting in our own strength and ability. And I know that's hard, but it is worth it to stay in His presence. There is never a situation where you should be afraid to bring your worry to the Lord. There is never a situation where you should be afraid to come to Him with all of your struggles, with your sin, your anger, your guilt, because we can lean on Jesus without any fear of condemnation, because there is no longer any condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That is a promise to us this morning. And we can do this because of the cross. We can do this because Jesus paid our debt so that we can experience His abundant life and be filled with His Holy Spirit. A thankful life clings to Jesus because he is the person, the one, the object that we rejoice in daily. It is not ourselves, but it is in him. I want to invite the praise team to come back up. And so what does this mean for us? What does a thankful life look like? A thankful life is not based on your circumstance. We can be thankful because our joy is not in what we do, it is not in our circumstance, but it is in who God is and what he has done for us. That is where we put our rest and our joy and our hope. And then out of that rejoicing, out of that thankfulness, it leads to kindness to others. When thankfulness flows out of our relationship with Christ, the evidence should be kindness and gentleness towards others. We don't respond to difficulty and injustice with anger, but we respond with the gospel, the message of Jesus, that because he has been kind to us, we are kind to others. Our goal is that the people within our circle of influence would see the life of Jesus in us. That begins with a thankful heart. And then a thankful life clings to Jesus, clings to the object of our faith. It is Jesus who saves us. And he's the one who sanctifies us and makes us to become more like him. Jesus does this as we daily live in his presence. We rest in his presence. We cling to his presence. When we are anxious and overwhelmed, frustrated, broken, and beaten down, he invites us to bring these things to him. And what does he give us in return? He gives us himself. He doesn't just give us A thing to get you through it a a momentary peace of mind he gives you his himself he offers his spirit within you as you abide in him he gives us his undeserved grace so that we can stand through the difficult circumstances with thankfulness and say the lord is good and i will rejoice in him always As you cling to Jesus, Thanksgiving focuses on the blessings that come from him. When I say thank you to God, I am turning toward him to express my gratitude. It is an intentional act of not just focusing on my trials, but focusing on Christ in the midst of them. So what can you be intentionally thankful for today? I want to invite you, before we leave here this morning before we um, head out into our things that we have to do today and this week and we think about all the family that's going to come uh, to our houses or the traveling that we're going to do i want you to really focus this morning and name one thing that you can be thankful for and express it to jesus amen, amen. would you pray with